Roadman, today I want to talk to you about the longest climb in the world, Alto de Letras. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this, how do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back. Hola, como esta? Yes, I am indeed in Colombia. If you didn't catch yesterday's podcast, it is an absolute dream come true for any cyclist to get to ride in Colombia. And I feel for us Europeans, this is a path that's just a little less trodden. But a mark of how amazing this area is, in Medellin alone at the moment, there's four World Tour teams doing their pre-season training camps at the moment. There's a reason. It's the altitude, it's the terrain, it's the heat, it's the people, it's the beauty of the landscape. It truly is an absolutely untapped gem and it's you know it's an absolute honour to be out here riding the bike. Today I want to talk to you about the longest climb in the world. It's called Alto de Letras and I'm tackling it. I'm tackling it a couple of days from now and I'm going to keep you posted as to how I get on on it but today I want to talk to you about the climb I want to talk to you about my preparations for the climb and yeah I'm half excited and half depressed at the prospect of having to ride 81 kilometers uphill before I dive in to tell you all about this amazing climb Alto de Letras let me ask you to pause this podcast and head across to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh Patreon is how you make a contribution to this podcast. It's how you keep the podcast on the road. You subscribe to Netflix, you subscribe to Spotify, all those huge companies that don't even need your money, but the small independent creators do need your money, and we're one of those small independent podcasts. So please consider buying me the price of a beer once a month to support this podcast. To do that, you can do it at patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. The link is in the bio down below. So, have I lost my mind? Why would anyone want to ride 81 kilometers uphill? Well, I suppose for me, it's a bucket list climb. And earlier this year, I put out a podcast and it was about the greatest climbs in the world. And I'd listed Rocacoba in Girona. I listed Alpe d'Huez. I listed the Stelvio. And on this, I had Alto de Letras. It's an iconic climb for the longest in the world, but it's also iconic because of the riders that Colombia's produced and producing. Like current, some of the top of the game, Quintana, Rigoberto Oran, and Tour de France winner, obviously, Egan Barnell, all call Colombia home. And now we have this influx of like world tour teams, like I mentioned in the intro, and they're all out here riding their bikes in Colombia. There's a sort of myth and magic to Colombia, and... The compounding effect then of it being the home of coffee and coffee being so inextricably linked with cycling, it just adds to this sort of romantic notion of this region. And this climb is the, it's the pinnacle of this region. It's the highest point, and it's gonna bring me some serious hardship. So let me talk to you a little bit about this climb. It starts in a town called Marqueta, and that's only at 460 meters above sea level. Now, I say only because that's a mountain where I am from. That's If I get to 460 metres, there's a lot of climbing that's taking place. And so I'm starting at 460 metres, and the summit is 3,363 metres. Anyone who hasn't ridden that altitude before, 
altitude is miserable altitude is like holding your head underwater and gasping for air your lungs are burning but nothing is going in i've ridden mount Haida in tenerife and i think that's up at nearly 3000 meters altitude and it is miserable near the top the air it just feels like you can't get anything in it's you know when you've done like a one minute full gas effort and you can't breathe at the end of it that's the sensation of trying to breathe at altitude even when you're riding along in zone two zone three it is massively dehabilitating and especially if you haven't acclimated to it which i won't have when i get there so that's going to be interesting how i deal with that also you've got the fact that the climb is so long I'm going to start it in pretty tropical 30 plus degrees weather in Marquetta. But by the time I get to the summit, it's likely the temperature is going to be down, you know, below maybe 10, 15 degrees and likely to have rain at the top as well, which is going to be pretty, pretty miserable. This is in the coffee region, Marquetta, just if you want to figure out in your head where it's located. It's about two hours from Medellin, which is kind of the epicenter. It's the when you hear Medellin, think the Girona of Colombia. This is the epicenter of cycling in Colombia. So Marqueta is about two hours from that. And it's the southern tip in this famous coffee triangle in Colombia. And in this whole region, there's absolutely mountains everywhere. This just happens to be the most famous. But I'll hopefully get a chance over the next week to ride some of these other climbs that don't have the same notoriety as Alto de Letras. But I'm sure they're going to have similar severity and similar beauty. So I absolutely cannot wait to check them out. The key for me on this is it's just pacing. Like I'm not going for a Strava record on it. It's the far side of Christmas. I'm, you know, I'm roughly 80 kilograms. 80 kilogram riders don't go up 80, 80 kilometer long climbs super fast. So I'm not looking to blow the gates off this one. Uh, I remember going to Alpe d'Huez and riding it the first time and I'd say it was my first year possibly starting my second year on the bike going over to France with some friends for a training camp and riding Alpe d'Huez full gas into the base of it and Alpe d'Huez I think offhand I think it's a 13 kilometer climb and you know three kilometers in with 10k remaining I was light out fast forward to the top of it I'm cramping salt coming through my jersey I'm swinging off the bike so I don't want a repeat of that so I'm going to be taking it pretty handy going up this I'm going to be trying to take in the culture take in the scenery take in the climb and just really enjoy the moment going to focus a lot we're looking at 80 kilometers it's going to be the guts of a four hour climb if not a little bit more so I'm going to focus on feeding I'm going to focus on drinking on the way up uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to have a support car with me or if I'm going to stop on the side of the road and feed with their stalls with fruit and stuff on the side of the road from the looks of the recon I've done. Uh, I'm going to have the camera with me so I'll try and create a little bit of footage on the way up and get it across onto the YouTube channel which I will link in the description in one of the later podcasts when I actually have something to link to. So the guy who has the record at the moment, his name is Didio Shapiro. He's a Colombian pro and he's only 54 kilograms. So that tells you the importance of weight on this climb. We all know power to weight and how important a metric that is when you're going uphill. It took him three hours and four minutes. Now to put that into context, Phil Gaiman, who's no slouch, he was a decent slash failed world tour rider. 320. Look. It's a decent time. It's a respectable time. And you can see that 3.04 is the fastest time. Phil Gaiman's done it in 3.20. He's a skinny dude and he's still able to put down some power. 
but Santiago Batero has the true record of two hours and 50 minutes. This is before Strava and all that nonsense, but a true roadman, and he raced it in the Vuelta Colombia that day, two hours, 50 minutes. And incidentally, uh, Santiago Batero was the first Colombian ever to win a Grand Tour, winning the Vuelta a España. So he definitely had some horsepower there. I will not be attempting. For the crack, I'd love to do a video going out at 2 hour 50 pace and see how long I could hold it because it would be an absolute funeral trying to hold that pace. And you got to remember, when you hear his time of 2 hours and 50 minutes, it's in the Vuelta Colombia. I don't know how the tactics played out that day because I only seen the seen the article about his time. But it's likely that he had teammates riding into the base of the climb, full gas, so he sheltered behind them. It's likely that he had domestiques or rivals setting pace halfway up the climb. It's likely that he had team cars supporting him with food. So there's a lot of factors go into that time which make it almost untouchable for guys like uh, Didier Shapiro on that three hours and four minutes and Phil Gaiman on 320. So you could look at it and say, you know, he's 30 minutes faster than Phil Gaiman, but there's a lot of external kind of factors at play there so in the brief time i've been in colombia i've absolutely fallen in love with the country already it's the people the scenery the weather the parkours for cycling the cycling culture and i'm only here a few days so i definitely need to brush up on my spanish because i have zero zero spanish and it's my first trip over here but it definitely won't be my last Roadmen, I'm back tomorrow with our full-length interview. I'm speaking with Claire Walsh, which is absolutely amazing. She's a free diver, talks to us about breathing techniques and how to maximize that energy, how to maximize energy in your, sorry, how to maximize oxygen in your blood so you're hyper-oxygenated. It's almost breathing techniques to naturally charge you with EPO. And it's a super interesting how these free divers are using breathing as it's it's nearly a combination of the art and science of breathing claire watch is fascinating i've butchered what she does and how she does it but tomorrow she explains it brilliantly articulately and eloquently and you're really going to enjoy that interview until then roadman i will keep you tuned posted on thursday as to how also the letras got on if you don't ever hear from me again just assume i didn't make the top of it assume the altitude got me roadman take care and i'll chat to you tomorrow before you go anywhere, our first ever Roadman Summit, it aired back in December. I brought together 30 experts and they shared with me their secrets on how to biohack your physiology, how to melt away body fat and smash your cycling goals, whatever that was. Since airing that back in December, I've just been inundated my Instagram DMs, Twitter direct messages with requests to get access to this material. I had it locked up in the vault but I've decided to open access to this material for you, the podcast listeners of the Roadman Podcast. So to get access to this, it's a one-time payment of 47 euro and you're gonna have all the interviews, all those secrets forever. You're gonna have the videos and the MP3s. In there, I've got interviews with world tour mechanics, nutritionists, sports psychologists, bike fit experts, and some of the legends of the sport like Tyler Hamilton and Pete Stetna. Over 30 hours of content in this members area that I've created for you guys. So if you want to get access to that, the way to do it is to head on over to this URL, www.roadmansummit.com forward slash 2021. I'll give you that again. It's www.roadmansummit.com forward slash 2021. That's numerical. 
the link to that is in the bio. Get it, check it out, learn it, take it in, because this is sure to set you on the right path for 2021.